Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. This is how I typically start my classes. Mm -hmm. Together. Together. And uh, the intent ultimately is to shape the theme of the class, and so you can understand why I'm teaching what I'm teaching. The focus of this class this morning is on shoulders. Lucky you, shoulders. Lots happening in the shoulders. That's the tendency. Up on the board, I've put some distinctions and specifically about shoulders. Left shoulder can hold this experience of being controlled by others. Controlled by others, that happens sometimes. Have that experience. And the way we respond sometimes is attempt to please them so they stop controlling us. <laughs> That's what we can do. So on the left shoulder, this tendency of um, feeling controlled by others and the need to please others. On the right shoulder, as you can see up on the board, controlling others and self, which is a tendency that we have. We tend to control other people. We tend to attempt to control other people and certainly do that with ourselves. So if we're controlling ourselves, we will attempt to control others. And you could say, well, I wonder how I control myself. It's like, choose which way. There's many different ways. What you say, what you don't say, how you listen, what you don't listen, what you see, like it just goes on and on. What you eat, don't eat, all these various different things, the ways, the ways in which we can control ourselves or attempt to. So a lot happening in the shoulders and the, uh, the tendency in the shoulders is the shoulders round in. They round in. And so we want to create opposition to that, you could call that. And an opening and shoulders away from the ears. What you'll notice is if your shoulders start to round, what ends up happening is the chest closes off, but the eyes also drop. Your eyes drop, and that's a problem because you stop seeing people and stop seeing what's out in front of you in the world. And so we have a tendency of isolating by this simple closing of the shoulders, protection of the chest, the heart, and the eyes drop. With the eyes dropped, it can perpetuate this fear-based experience where we're not seeing people. And we're already terrified of people, if you haven't noticed, in our own unique way. And the last two years have certainly supported that. So if we're not seeing people, it'll perpetuate this fear-based experience. And that can lead us into isolation, isolating ourselves from people because they're a fear, they're concerned. That does nothing good for us, isolating from other people. So through this class, the idea is to open the shoulders, open the chest, get your eyes up so you can see people and see what's happening out in front of you and adjust as you need to. I'm going to speak about also this strategy that we have to please other people, the attempt to please people. Today I'm going to talk about people-pleasing. Tomorrow I'm going to talk about perfectionism. And these are two fundamental strategies we use in life. One's more predominant than the other. That's the tendency. We play out both. And the reason we play out both of these strategies, as I see it, is to create safety for ourselves. But it's a false sense of security, and that's part of the problem with uh, playing out these strategies. 
And so through this conversation, the idea is to make this conversation real. Where are you a pleaser? Some of you are just like, yeah, I'm a pleaser, like 100% all the time. Some of you will be like, ah, I don't know. it might be a little bit more challenging to find where you are the pleaser, but you are somewhere in your life. You're attempting to please somebody. So these distinctions up on the board are quite unique and interesting as I see them. The people pleaser, it's a relationship-oriented strategy. And it's born out of an assumption. You could even say a belief that you're not loved. Dorker, you were saying this yesterday. That's why I thought it'd be interesting to play this out. <laughs> and so there's this assumption that pleasers have that I'm not loved. I'm not liked. And so how do I get love and how do I get the sense of being liked? Well, it's going to please people. I'll please people. And how do I please people? In relationship. How am I going to get people to like me and love me? It's going to happen in relationship with people. And so pleasers have a tendency to be uh, heavily focused on relationships and what's happening in the relationships and tending to them with great diligence. They're motivated by fear. And the fear is somebody's not going to like me. Somebody's not going to love me. And that is a problem. And I'm concerned about that. And so what's fascinating about this, people are a threat through the view of a people pleaser. You're a threat because you're probably not going to love me or like me, but I want something from you. So best you give it. And if you give me what I need, then I can feel safe. But then I have to cling to you because you give me a sense of security and safety. So I can't let you go. And that's a lot of responsibility to put on somebody. Indeed it is. And so people pleasers are motivated by fear in the attempt to create security and safety for themselves. The need is to be well liked. Like me, because I need it. The focus is to alleviate conflict and avoid rejection. People pleasers hate conflict, can't stand it because it is the gateway to rejection. And if I get rejected, then I'm not liked and I'm not loved. I'm living out my worst fear. And I don't like that. The desire is to feel needed and validated. And that happens through typically acts of kindness. It seemed like you needed a dozen muffins, and so here you go. Or I'll tell you how wonderful you are, and I don't know, brush your hair and pet you and do all sorts of different things. Make your life easier. And that's good for me because then you'll like me. And if you like me, then I can feel safe and validated. And that's good for me. So the strategy is to be nice and accommodating, to control. And that's what's so fascinating about people pleasers. They're so damn nice. <laughs> but the attempt is to control you. That's the underhanded uh, energy that comes with a people pleaser. They're attempting to control you. And most people pleasers miss that. The level of control they're attempting to instill in the relationships. And so if I'm nice and if I'm, if I'm accommodating, you'll never leave me. You won't reject me. 
How could you possibly reject something so sweet such as me? I'm so cute and lovable and I make your life easier. As you bat your eyes and do whatever is needed to make sure that somebody is liking you. The challenge is this strategy always leads into conflict, always. Because the bottom always falls out of it because it doesn't work. It's too taxing on the individual to play this strategy out consistently. It's overwhelming and exhausting. And ultimately people will reject the people pleaser because they're so damn smothering. That's the challenge. Like, give me some space. Why are you always around smothering me? These kinds of things. And so it creates an immediate conflict somewhere down the chain of experience. And people pleasers have a way of collecting conflict and tracking it and repressing it. And so people pleasers under the skin, underneath the surface are quite resentful because they're not getting what they want typically. And so they have a tendency of to resent and repress and they don't say much until they say a lot and they blow up. If you've ever been around a people pleaser that blows up, hot damn, that's like a volcano. Let me tell you how, how, how much of a terrible person you are over the last 18 months that I've been tracking that you're a terrible person and best that I tell you how terrible you are. And if you understand how terrible you are, you'll never treat me like this again. So smarten up. I'm good for you. I make your life easier. Look at all the things I do and how dare you treat me like this. And if you ever treat me like this, I'll freeze you out. I'll ridicule you. Stop touching you. Avoid you, ignore you. I don't know, whatever. In the attempt to control somebody. Don't you ever treat me like that again or I will punish you severely, you terrible person. And this is where the people pleaser becomes vicious. The kitten... The sweet kitten becomes like the dragon. And if you've ever been scorched by the pleaser, it's something you don't forget easily. That is for sure. And that's the point. Don't ever forget, forget the burn marks. That's a lesson I just taught you. Never to treat me like that again, you son of a bitch. Or whatever it is. And so that creates conflict in relationship. Want to see examples of this? Look at your closest relationships. It's happening for sure. One of the challenges about playing out the strategy of being a people pleaser is people see you as weak and needy. That's one of the consequences of this particular strategy. You're seen as weak as needy because you can't make a decision. That's often the case. I'll do whatever you want. Whatever will make you happy, then I'll be happy. And then we can be happy together. And there'll be no conflict. And that's good. Which can lead into conflict. 
yet again. People pleasers don't typically share their opinions. They're shapeshifters. Cling on to people. Tell me what I need to do. You know better than me. And so I'll just listen to you. Played out over a span of time, people will stop respecting you. That's not good for you, nor anybody else for that matter, and specifically relationships. One of the consequences of playing out the people pleaser and the strategy is there's people looking for you. There's people looking for you in this world because they'll take advantage of you. And if you have played out the people pleaser strategy, you already know what I'm talking about. You've already been taken advantage of many times in your life and it's probably happening right now. And that's not something you want to play out because the results are devastating, not only for you as the individual and your character, but also every relationship that you're in. It'll deconstruct every, everything you care about. It'll gut every relationship you have, absolutely fundamentally. That might happen quickly or it might be over a 30-year period. But you do not want to be the person at the end of that arc of experience. Because not only will people not respect you, you will not respect yourself. It's a very challenging path. And what's so fascinating is based out of belief that nobody likes me, nobody loves me, and how powerful that belief can be which evokes the emotion of fear that activates this strategy where we behave out in the world in a very specific way and specific to you as the pleaser. And so we're no longer self-sufficient. We are not that. We abandon all of our responsibility. We're no longer self-sufficient. We're no longer autonomous. We're codependent and clung, clung, clung? <laughs> we're clinging to others. And there's people around you right now that like you being that way because they get exactly what they want from you. You're the perfect character for them to get exactly what they want from you. And so the premise of this conversation is to give you something to look at. Because it'd be easy for you to say, ah, no, I'm not that. And continue to be naive. And that would be an easy choice for you. But this is a strategy we all play out in our own unique way. And the attempt is to create value. If I'm valuable, people will keep me around. They will not discard me. And so whatever I need to do to make sure that I am valuable to somebody so they keep me around, so I have a sense of security and sense of self, I'll do it. It's a weakened posture. You could ask yourself, why is this guy in the jungle talking about this just before yoga class? Because <laughs> the practice of yoga is all about strengthening yourself from the inside out get access to an internal posture that actually strengthens you. 
that you practice a mindset that gives you access to strength. And whatever you define that to be, courage, flexibility, care, I don't know, whatever it is. And you act that out on your mat. So when you leave here 60 minutes from now, you're less of your strategy and more of who you actually are. The person that needs to be aligned to your values, not the strategy. And that's different. And for the pleaser, some ways to become autonomous are also up on the board. Say what you need to say and do it as quickly as you can. People pleasers typically are quiet around their needs. And if they're quieter around their needs, they also have watery boundaries, <laughs> which is a problem, especially in relationship. If you don't know your boundaries, nobody will know your boundaries and you'll consistently be trampled on and be the victim of other people. Well, if you loved me, you'd know my needs and my boundaries. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Speak up. And how important that is for all of us, but certainly from coming out of the strategies, the ability to speak and to be able to negotiate on your own behalf. And you got to learn that. And that is gut-wrenching and vomit-inducing. <laughs> I want to say this, but I don't want to say this. It's like, get it out. And what you'll notice when you get it out, it'll sound strange. <laughs> and people will be shocked. And that's good too. You start shocking some of the people around you that yes, I actually have needs and these are what my needs are. I have an opinion and I want you to include it. And then ultimately having the capacity to say no, which people pleasers don't tend to, see, tend to say because they're concerned about conflict. And saying no to somebody will create conflict potentially. But that's also good because then you can learn to be in conflict. Life is one grand conflict, one after the next. And so you can start practicing saying no on your mat. No, I'm not going to chase that fairy tale. I'm doing something important for myself. No, I'm not going to give up on this pose. I'm actually going to stay in it. No to ease, yes to challenge, whatever it may be. But it's a grand negotiation. That's what's so brilliant about you being on your mat. 60 minutes of negotiating with yourself. And sometimes it's brutal. And that's okay. But it's about toughening yourself up. And that's what the pleaser needs. Because the tendency is to have thin skin. Easily offended. And so this is where it can be in. begin, start, you and your mat. <clears throat> one of the tendencies I've had or one of the, um, where I've played out being the pleaser in my life is with women. Because I'm deeply horrified about being rejected by women. And then look at my current environment. <laughs> it's like, ah! constantly surrounded by women but I've also caused this to occur in the attempt to thicken my skin and to be in the practice of like okay how do I say what I need to say how do I move myself into relationship how do I talk how do I behave 
How do I get closer? How do I have the kinds of relationships I want to have? And do it outside of a fear-based experience. And it's been brutal, I can assure you. And it's been a long road. And it still is quite the pathway, I can assure you. But I've also toughened myself up, which is good. And so understanding where you're the pleaser in your life will make this conversation that much more real. It'd be easy for you to disregard this. It's like, ah, I'm not that. I'm perfect how I am or whatever it may be. But create some meaning around this conversation. Bring it to your mat. And practice this thing out of you. Because it lives in your shoulders. And that's the focus of this practice. And so I have a question for you. Where are you the pleaser? Where are you currently being the pleaser? Where? Where not. <laughs> right now? Yeah? yeah we're not. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're not. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. We're not. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Where are you currently playing this out? Say it again. At work. At work. Thank you. How's that going for you? Making me really angry and resentful. Yes. And Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's undeniable. And it's one way people please are self-sabotage. They won't say what they need to say, lead into a conflict, and the conflict is inevitable. And then that's the pathway to saying what needs to be said, usually in a heated fashion, <laughs> which doesn't go so well. Thank you for that. It's great. Not great that you're experiencing it, but... <laughs> Okay, good. Yeah, great. Good that you're talking about it. I like it. Who else? Where are you the pleaser? My daughter. Your daughter. Thank you for that. Yeah. Finding some challenges there? Many. Many. Yep. Very good. Thanks for saying that. Who else? Where else? Yes. Everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, I'm really enjoying this business of saying no. Mm, this business of saying no. I like how you said that. Yeah. 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 It's giving you sense, uh, a sense of courage, I could imagine, right? Yes, absolutely. A sense of independence. And every time you say no, it's strengthening you. Because it's the pause, right? It's like, is this actually good for me? And sometimes yes, and sometimes no. And that's a strength-based practice in of itself, by saying no. So, well said. And what you're getting is much more self-respect. Yes. Uh-huh. And people will respect you that much more. And that's a good thing. It's almost counterintuitive, you know? Who else? Where are you being a pleaser? I would Yes. Okay. Where you do not take care of yourself? Is that? Yeah. 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 Lack self-care. Yeah. yeah. Well said. And when you realize you're lacking of yourself, then you change your attitude. Mm-hmm. You become a less pleaser than before. Yeah, good. Yeah. And pleasers have a tendency of abandoning their self-care to take care of other people until it devastates them. And I've seen that many, many times, the consequences of this practice by people coming here. They're like the walking dead. Totally destroyed from the inside out. It's tough. 
It's tough to put yourself back together. It's possible, but the idea is not to do that in the first place. So we have a unique practice ahead of you, focused on the shoulders to make this real. The idea is to get into your shoulders, to squeeze this energy and these strategies out of you. And so you walk out of here taller, more open, more courageous, these kinds of things. You ready for this? All right. See you on the other side, everybody. Mm -hmm.